Good evening and welcome to First Baptist Church, Bowling Green, Kentucky for this special edition of Wednesday Night Worship. And we are so thankful that you've joined us tonight as we continue on our journey through faith stories. And you know that we're looking through Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith, and learning from those who have come before us and how they lived out their faith in Almighty God in ways that positively impacted the world around them and that continue to positively impact us today. We also want to hear stories of people right here in our own faith community whose lives are inspirational to us as well. And so today we have Blake and Sarah Sapp. Blake serves as our minister of students here at First Baptist Church. And Blake and Sarah came to us. Your first day on staff was December the 7th, 2020. And so you all have joined us. You came as a couple and you have added to your number. You have grown our church by adding the most precious little baby girl who is beautiful and wonderful, and we are so very thankful to have you all here. So before we get into their story, uh, let's join our hearts together to pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the Sapp family, and we thank you for who they are in Jesus Christ and the ways in which their faith positively impacts our faith. We're thankful, Lord, for the, the strategic investment that they make in our students here. And as a dad of a student, I am particularly thankful, Lord, that they not only teach the faith, but they model the faith. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together today and help us to be encouraged as we hear a great faith story from Blake and Sarah Sapp. We ask it trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Blake, I'm going to make you go first, man. Kind right. of tell us the story of your faith, how you came to know the Lord, and, uh, and, and how God brought you to himself. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah and I, we both actually ended up growing up in Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, that's where we're both from. Um, but my specific faith story, it really, uh, I, I grew up in what I would consider a, uh, uh, a good household, but mm -hmm. not a Christian one, you sure. know? And so I grew up in that, uh, that, that non-Christian household, that good household. And by that, I just mean my mom always just, she, she had good morals that, yeah. she, that she expected my sister and I to keep. Um, so she would take us to church on Easter, Christmas, uh, those types of things. And uh, we, we enjoyed going those few times that we actually did. We didn't really know what it meant to be part of a youth group or to really be part of a church uh, at the time. But I remember in high school, I remember in high school, uh, someone, one of my friends, just kind of invited me to church. They said, hey, uh, I'm giving my testimony tonight. And I said, I don't know what that is, but I'll be there, <laughs> right? Uh, so I said, that, that'd be fantastic. So I ended up uh, going to church that night, and um, it was fun. Like, I, I just, for the first time, realized, oh, like, people my age gather at this time during the week, and uh, they go to this lesson, they sing these songs that I'm not super familiar with right now. Uh, but it was, it, was just a, it was just a really fun sort of opportunity. Uh, that night, uh, I know for certain that the gospel was proclaimed. It wasn't something that was uh, really ingrained in, in to me that, that specific night. Um, but over the next couple of weeks, I kept asking my mom, hey, can I can I go back to church? Can I go to church on Sunday night? Uh, they're, they're doing youth group on Sunday night. Can I go? Can I go? And um, she was willing to take me. And finally, the youth minister made an announcement and said, hey, we're going to camp this summer. And uh, all my friends talked about how great it was. It was a, a camp called Mfuge, uh, Mission Fuge, and it was in Belmont. It was at Belmont University there. 
And uh, we went to Belmont that summer and um, went to serve the community. Uh, Infuge is a camp where you're, you're really doing mission projects instead of fun stuff. So it's kind of crazy uh, that I had so much fun as, an un, uh, as a non-believer in that sort of instance. Uh, but I think it was the third or fourth night of camp that the, uh, one of the songs that we always sing at youth group ever since I had been going uh, was Take It All by Hillsong. Uh, so you know, it just says, Jesus, we're living for your name. We'll never be ashamed of you. Our praise and all we are today, take, take, take it all. Uh, and we love that song. I, was, I sang that song for months, not really understanding what it was talking about. And then I remember the pastor coming out and sharing the gospel. The very first thing that he said, though, was, uh, wow, what a great song. Uh, what a fantastic song that was. Jesus, we're living for your name. He went on to say, take, take, take it all. But do you mean it? Wow. You know, and that that message, he went on to share the gospel that I know that my youth minister had shared sure. several times uh, previously uh, in my life before being in that moment. Uh, but for the first time, I heard the gospel uh, ever so clear. I understand that I was in need of a savior and that Jesus was the only one who could do that. And so uh, so that night, I would love to say that whenever the pastor made that altar call and he said, Hey, if you've made a decision, I want you to stand up right where you are. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that the people around me had been praying for me <laughs> that week. And I was just like, I'm, I don't want to stand up right <laughs> yeah. here. So, uh, so I waited until our small group time and our youth pastor, he came in and he started talking to us. And, he, and uh, it was like he was speaking directly to me and saying, and I remember him saying, hey, if, if anyone needs to talk, uh, you can stay right after the small group time, I'd be happy to talk to you. And I know that he wasn't, but I felt like he was making eye contact with me the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not much of a crier. I'm not much of a crier. You can probably Is ask that Sarah. True, Sarah that, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not much of a crier. Uh, but gosh, that night, as soon as he said, you're dismissed, um, I bawled like a baby. I went straight up to the front. I didn't care who saw me, and I just mm -hmm. told him. I said, Matt, I need, I need Jesus to save me. And uh, the Lord certainly has saved me. He has had uh, provision over my life ever since that point. Yeah. So. Man, that's awesome. And, and I'll tell you, I've gotten to know your youth pastor, mm -hmm. uh, Matt Flanagan, who yeah. served at Bardstown uh, there at Parkway Baptist Church, but now serves with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And he consults with children's ministers and student ministers all over the state, and he does such a great job. And so that's so special to me to have met Matt and then to have heard your story. That's, that's an amazing thing. But yeah. one of the things that's cool is, I mean, you're a youth pastor, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes you super holy and super spiritual. Right. Right. And absolutely. you didn't even come to Jesus the first several times you heard the gospel. It's absolutely crazy how that works And you out. didn't even stand up when they said, stand up. And, and you tell kids to do things like stand up and respond right. to the gospel. But I say that to say, I didn't, either. I didn't stand up when I first heard. I didn't go forward because that's what only the weird people do. Um, so how encouraging is it that the youth pastor who's calling kids to respond didn't respond the first time, and God still got a hold of you, yeah. and that's beautiful. So, yeah. Well, Sarah, what about you? So you come from Bardstown as well, beautiful city, and uh, tell us your story. Yeah, so actually quite different from Blake's. I, I feel 
really fortunate to grow up in a Christian household. I'm actually one of three girls and the youngest. So just watching them and then watching my parents, I feel like really just played a huge part in my growth. And um, it's kind of funny because I always, my sisters make fun of me because I don't, I just don't have the best memory of like every single detail of my childhood, right? <laughs> but I remember the day that I was saved, which I was nine. So that's for me is young. So I just think that's cool just that the Lord works in that, even a small way like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember just, you know, it wasn't necessarily anything particular, but just the Lord spoke to me on a particular Sunday. Um, I remember our pastor's name was Brother Eddie. And I remember that it just struck me that I did not know Jesus, but I knew what he did and I knew that I needed him in my heart. So I remember that I went to my dad and I was like, Dad, how do I do that? How do I accept Jesus into my heart? And we just kind of walked through it. And just remember in my basement, I made that decision and just got to next Sunday kind of go down and um, was baptized. So that's kind of my story, but a huge part of my story too, which I think makes it cool just that how the Lord has brought me to where I am being with Blake and him being a youth pastor and being able to walk alongside him in that is how much my youth group, which was actually the same youth group as Blake, played a role in my faith too. So obviously being nine, you have a lot to experience and a lot to grow and learn just from that point in your walk with the Lord. But I definitely know that my youth group really helped me kind of grow and get to a depth of my relationship that is just cool to be able to partner with Blake and get to be with the students and just because we had so many amazing like parents that volunteered in our youth group. So not saying I'm to their level, but to be able to hopefully make a small impact on them. Well, I can tell you as a parent and not as the pastor of First Baptist Church, but as the dad of a 13-year-old boy who has been to your all's home, uh, as you've opened your home to all the kids and who has been to camp and who has just been so deeply and profoundly impacted in just the last year and a couple of months, Thank you, because you guys really do. You serve together, you, you love one another, you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that overflows to those kids. And uh, thank you for doing that. That's really, really special. So camp is kind of a big part of both of your stories. And um, so you mentioned that your first time going to camp, you, you had a hard time, came home early. My first time going to camp when I was a kid, I think I was in third grade, I think I cried myself to sleep every night. It was miserable, but camp is such an amazing experience and um, camp has had a big impact in both of your lives. So tell us the story about camp. It's funny you mentioned that, you know, my first experience at camp was actually a 4-H camp. It was Uh, not even a church camp, Um, but it scarred me. It (laughs) scarred me. It really did. I I went to 4-H camp and and, uh, I told them I was, I didn't feel good and I just wanted to go home and I wasn't getting anywhere and I have repented for this, right? But I, as a fourth grader, I recognized that, well, I, could, I can go home if I tell them my heart's hurting, right? Oh, wow. So I went to the nurse and said, my heart's hurting. In my mind, I had it justified because I just longed to be home. You, you felt right? heartbroken, right? I felt they, heartbroken. They probably didn't take it that way. It was. <laughs> they didn't. They said, you need to come get your kid, you know? So, uh, so my mom came and got me, and she was determined from that point forward to, uh, hey, you are not going to be homesick whenever you go. So she tried to send me to church camp and uh, went home from there. I mean, I mean, camp was 
it just was not a good experience for me early on. Um, a lot of the adults in our youth group that Sarah just mentioned, a lot of those wonderful adults, they like to poke fun of me because they remember whenever I went to church camp and went yeah. home. Yeah. And um, so, they, so they found it funny whenever I decided to work camp in 2013. Yeah, right. That's right. And um, gosh, uh, those early, early training weeks of crossings, they were, they were tough. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't just a fun... Um, let's go play in the rec lake and right. uh, do all the fun things that the campers are going to do. But it was it was kind of tough. Uh, but the Lord just was very persistent in saying, this is where you need to be this summer. At Cedarmore Camp, I, that summer was, uh, so the prior summer, whenever I was at a church plant, uh, there, was a, there was an individual I'll never forget. His name is Randy. Um, he kept on coming up to me that whole summer. And he said, hey, I can't wait until you go into ministry. And I was wow. just like, well, I'm not going into ministry. You know, I'm going to do something with math. Not totally sure what that is yet. I think I was kind of leaning towards teaching math or, or something along that line. And, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm not going into ministry. And he just said, okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I just thought that that was uh, so funny. And then that summer, um, the Lord said, hey, you're going into ministry. Wow. <laughs> you know, you're going into ministry. And I think it was just the constant environment of being... Um, around uh, ministry happening. I, mm -hmm. I, I just, the, the Lord had impressed on my heart, hey, this is, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and, and I was really struggling early on at camp because he, he spoke to me pretty early on. Hey, uh, you're going to, uh, I'm calling you to ministry, yeah. right? Um, but I, I struggled pretty early on. What kind of ministry? Is it camp ministry? Because that's way different than youth ministry. Sure. Uh, is it college ministry, like campus ministry? That's way different than youth ministry as well. And so, so I uh, prayed to the Lord to reveal what his plans were for me uh, because I fell in love with camp. Mm. Um, but he spoke ever so clearly and he said, hey, uh, you're not going to do camp ministry uh, because for me personally, uh, to see those students come in week after week, it was so cool. It was always a, a spiritual high of sense of having those kids come in and yeah. getting them pumped up and sending them out, you know. But knowing that I wasn't ever going to see those kids again, you know, sure. that was tough. You know, that was tough. I, I think that the Lord just kind of wired me more as a, a relational sort of person. And, and uh, I didn't want to have a relationship with these students for a week and then never see them again. Yeah. And um, that, that summer, the Lord said, hey, you're going into youth ministry. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a great summer. I really enjoyed it to the point where I wanted to work another summer, but the Lord had different plans than I. I did an internship at our home church. Yeah. Well, Sarah, life has also been um, intersected and impacted by camp for you as well. So tell us a little bit about that in your life. Yeah, so I, I grew up going to camp. I never cried going to camp. Just saying. <laughs> no, but I, so I've always loved camp. It, was, it is kind of one of those like spiritual highs in a sense, it, which is it, which is good and bad because you, you don't want to lose that high, but sometimes life, you know, you, that does happen. But just really cool to continuously experience, like, just huge, like, I guess, levels of growth um, at each summer, kind of as the years went by. And I particularly remember my senior year because you're about to go to college, it's about to be this huge transition. Um, and honestly, at that point, it's like you're going to go one way or the other. You're going to stay in the church or you're going to fall out of the church. Um, and even going up in a Christian home, I mean, it's still a question regardless of your background. So um, not that I was on the cusp, but I, it definitely, 
you know, always can go either way. And I particularly remember that summer camp of my senior year playing a huge part in understanding where my identity came. I remember that was like the theme for the week is identity. And it was just such a pivotal time in my life that that was the theme and it happened at camp and it was kind of just like, kind of set me forth like for my life and for college. And so that, that was kind of my senior year of camp. It always sticks out to me, but also I work camp at Infuge, same place that Blake was safe, but I was in Louisville, Kentucky yeah. at um, Voice, also the seminary there. Um, what is it, Southern Seminary? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Southern Baptist. The Southern Baptist. Not a Southern Baptist. Yes. Um, so that was a really cool year for me, too. And I was dating Blake. Um, we weren't engaged. I didn't know for sure where we would land. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe we'll end up married. Who knows? But I certainly think that even working camp kind of prepared me to walk alongside Blake in youth ministry as well. Um, and certainly was just a huge growth for me in college and working there and just I think really helped prepare me just for being married to Blake and working in ministry, like I said. But yeah, it was I, I loved working camp and I think it really just grew me and you learn how to, I don't know, and you learn how to teach, I feel like. And I'm not a pro teacher, but I feel like you, the Lord really instills those skills into you of how to teach other people about the gospel. And that's really cool too. Well, and you learn crowd control too, which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. So like you guys have some techniques. It's like, okay, two pops. And all of a sudden this group of adolescents <laughs> is, they're in. And it's, it's amazing to me. So just little things. Mm-hmm. And the amount of energy, if you've ever been to a crossings camp or a Centra Kid camp or an Infuge camp, the amount of energy that these staffers put forth is unbelievable. And it is amazing. So thank you guys for, for giving of your time to do that. Now, you talked about college. Both of you... Uh, went to Western Kentucky University, which is just a, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from here. Um, but do I understand correctly, you weren't together when you came from Bardstown, from the same youth group, to Western Kentucky University? Yeah, so we were not dating, but I, Blake actually went, graduated with my middle sister, so kind of were connected through that, kind of were connected through the youth group. Um, and it's not anything like that fun or special, but it's funny, because we kind of was like, an uphill battle a bit. We had talked a little bit and then we did, they kind of fell off. You know, you're just so busy, all your friends, and just it's hard to really make time for that. And it also, I feel like, just shows you just timing, especially the Lord's timing is everything because we had known each other, but it, not then. We had talked a little bit, but not then. And it was like it happened and it was meant to happen, right? So I just remember it was actually at Bardstown that we kind of like at the D now in Bardstown we were both kind of there to volunteer and like help out um, and we kind of I guess kind of connected in that way there and what were you thinking that weekend that you just mm. yeah I just thought hey I'll see if this girl wants to go on another date we yeah. had tried a date another before date. and uh, so we so we tried another date and this time it it uh, it just happened to work out yeah, I guess so. this time. So I invited her to, she, we, were, we were in different campus ministries at college. It was the battle for us. It was a battle between CSF versus crew. And yeah. we are so aware that it is not a, it is not a uh, competition. By not a means. competition. Mm-hmm. Um, except for that it is just a little Except bit. for that it is just a little, <laughs> right? And, uh, They're all Baptist yeah, entities, so. just so you know. The Campus Crusade for Christ is led by a Baptist. CSF is led by a Baptist, and the Baptist campus ministry is led by a Baptist, just so your way. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. And then, uh, you know, so I said, hey, why don't you come to CSF this week? 
And, uh, I was like, I guess. And yeah, I just said, I guess, I, I guess so. I guess I'll come to CSF. And uh, she did, and I walked her back to her dorm and uh, asked her if she'd, she'd want to, uh, I think this time I, I said, let's do a double date. Yeah, so we went on a double date with my best friend and his yeah. girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. we went to Mariah's right there. There you go. Yeah, our first date. Okay. I don't remember anything, anything. I don't even remember what I ate. I had a buffalo chicken wrap. <laughs> So, they make a good one. Yeah, it was really good. It was great. Yeah, no, but honestly, the saying is true. Like, the rest is kind of history. We dated my, I mean, I was a freshman, and we dated my whole college and just kind of just kept growing together. And Sarah played a pretty big role in, uh, you know, whenever I was looking at my first position out of college. I had just graduated. Um, our home church, Parkway, actually had offered me a position in Bardstown, uh, Kentucky there. And uh, we were, I was offered a position in Logan County, right down the road over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a fashion merchandiser, uh, Logan County and Bardstown both are, are probably uh, a little too small for a fashion merchandiser, but Bowling Green's not, yeah. you know, and Logan County was pretty close. And so for the first few years, we actually lived in a parsonage uh, while I was at Dripping Spring, my, my previous church there. And um, Sarah drove just about 50 minutes one way to work. Wow. Uh, to to do her fashion merchandising, but it was it was so so that was a big role in in deciding uh, you know the, I think the Lord kind of pushed us towards a dripping spring. It was a wonderful time that we had there. We think back to those people and, and really have a lot of love for those people there. Yeah. Uh, the first church that we were a part of as a married couple, um, but uh, I think the Lord really kind of spurred us that way just to for for Sarah's sake. In that yeah. Tell us how your relationship with Christ has impacted being married, because marriage is a journey, and it's, it's filled with great days, and it's filled with challenging days, and everything in between. So how has your relationship, Blake, and your relationship, Sarah, with Christ, how has that impacted you as a husband and a wife? As a pastor, right, uh, there is a uh, typically, this stigma, this this uh, status quo around pastors that oh, I bet you never fight with oh, your yeah, wife. Of you, know, you, guys, bet, you guys, you guys have you, disagreements. I bet you, yeah, you, you no. never have disagreements. I had a friend sit, like this was like less than a year ago. Look at me straight in the face and say, "Do you and Blake fight?" Like, was seriously asking if we fight just because I guess of yeah. you know it's just the stigma, and I'm like. Mm -hmm, we sure do. <laughs> yep. Yep. We sure do. We call them tiffs. All right. Just, oh, yeah, we? we call them tiffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so you know. So yeah. So it's just. Uh, I think that being married for me uh, has just shown me how selfish of a person oh, you know man. I yeah, I can too. be. You know, that's just kind of that's just kind of how it is. But to have a relationship with the Lord and then pursue someone else as a spouse is. I understand why it's so important, because if we did not have that solid foundation of Christ beneath us, uh, there are times where we've had some arguments where we're just like, well, we're gonna have to figure out how to get past this one. You know, I put the maple syrup in the fridge, you put it in the cabinet, you know, we're gonna have to- maple syrup in the fridge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. not even the- um... This wasn't supposed to start another <laughs> argument. <laughs> you know, just, uh, um, anyway, go ahead. Just that's a, that's a very, very lighthearted uh, 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 example. But, but there's, it really, it really, whenever you get in those types of arguments, whenever you are sitting there just at odds with one another, uh, I think that that's, 
think that's what makes having a relationship with Christ uh, in a marriage just uh, so important. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and your assessment, uh, that, was, that was my statement after having been married not long at all, is I never realized how selfish I am mm -hmm. and can be. Uh, until <laughs> I had another person there with me. Yeah. And uh, whether it's about maple syrup and where it goes, <laughs> not in the refrigerator, by the way, but um, I'll have to try it though, I'm intrigued, I bet it, anyway. Um, but whatever the issue may be, yeah, I mean, we all like to please ourselves. And Christ says, you know, please me first and then, and then think of others. Those who mm -hmm. are first will be last, the last will be first. And, and uh, yeah, so Sarah, anything you wanna add to that? Yeah, I think definitely it's hard to imagine. I mean, there's, pl there's plenty of people out there who are married without Christ and yeah. as the center. And yeah, it's hard to imagine that being on the other end of it, right? And having him in the center, trying to most of the time, right? We all fall short often. But I think definitely it, it's, it's hard to imagine the grace that they might not understand like we do, right? Like we understand that the Lord offers us grace when we so far from deserve it. And that helps us to offer that same grace to our spouse. For Blake over and over to me and for me over and over to Blake, I know we, we're so selfish. So yeah, it's it just requires a lot of grace that I feel like we can understand because the Lord gives us that and we're able to use that as kind of our, obviously our goal is to be as forgiving as He is. Yeah, yeah that's great. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, ministers, homes, there are fights. It's, it's just like your house in a lot of ways. So. Um, so, and now, five years into marriage, the Lord has blessed you with the most beautiful, wonderful bundle of joy. So tell us about parenthood and uh, what Jesus means to you as mom and dad now. Yeah. It really does put a new level of understanding on Christ's love for me, which when I, if I would have heard a parent say that, I would have been like, okay, sure. But it's like understanding the love that you have for that baby. And it's just, it makes me just fully just understand Christ's love for me in a totally new way. Like I would do anything for her, anything above anyone else on this earth. So it's just like, it really just puts a new perspective on it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, uh, John 3.16 became totally new to mm -hmm. me when I had a kid. And mm -hmm. it's like the love that God has for us is so amazing. So, yeah. It's wow. greater than that. It's hard to imagine. You yeah. know, can't even, there's no words for his love for us if it's greater than the love we have for our daughter. You know, yeah. It's a joy to get to watch you guys love one another and to love your daughter and then to love all the kids that God is bringing to First Baptist Church and their families. And I am so privileged to get to work alongside both of you and to get to do life with you and to serve Jesus with you. So thank you for being who you are. And thank you for being willing to share your story with us and to allow your story to continue to unfold around us. Um, we're blessed because the saps are here. There's no doubt about that. Well, before we bring our time together to an end, let's join our hearts together and let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the great stories of faith that we have heard in this moment. Thank you for Blake, and thank you for Sarah, and thank you for who they are in Christ and the miraculous ways in which, Lord, you sought them, and you intervened in their lives. You brought them to Christ. You have forgiven their sin, adopted them by your grace into your family, 
and they are yours. And Lord, we're thankful that you are using the gifts and talents and abilities that you have placed in them to be a positive blessing. Lord, to First Baptist Church, to the community of Bowling Green, and even to the greater community at large. And so, Lord, we pray that they would know just how very thankful we are for them and certainly how thankful we are for Scarlett. And, Lord, we look forward to Scarlett growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with human beings. And, Lord, we look forward to that day when she bows her knee before you and receives you as her personal Lord and Savior. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And so, Lord, we pray that you would bless them in every way. And before we bring our time together to a close, once again, we join together our hearts and our minds and our voices to pray that prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. And in so doing, we will answer the question, whose Father? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to worship with us tonight. And we hope you'll join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. as we gather to lift high the name of Jesus. God bless you.